Chic. Welcome to another episode of Chic NYC, the messiest podcast in town. Thanks for being here. I'm Melissa Rich, and I just was thinking over the past week that probably many of my loyal listeners don't actually fully grasp the gag that is the name of the show. And that is fair because it's pretty niche. Um, Some of you may remember Chic NYC was this one of the Instagram accounts where you kind of like pay to be featured when you're trying to get followers So it was called Chic NYC, and they had these T-shirts. And it's so funny because they're so obviously poorly made, and I think they marketed themselves as this, like, anti-fast fashion in the end, which is so silly. They were literally, like, blank black or white T-shirts that just said Chic NYC. And they were, I'm going to say, like, $1 to $200. You buy one. You send them a picture of you wearing the T-shirt. And you get featured on their page. Scam. Scammer brand. Hilarious. You'll find the t-shirts around. I have one from the Goodwill bins in Queens. Where you literally dig through and pay by the pound, not the item. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's where these shirts are ending up, and rightfully so. As far as I know, the Instagram account is gone. I didn't even see anything when I was looking for like a website for them. So that's where I got the name. I'm obviously, if you know anything about my work, I'm very drawn to anything that could potentially get me sued. So, you know, and then if you know, you know, since I was wanting, you know, a little gag and I was pretty confident that they had no trademark, no copyright. And I think I am right. I think I'm very right. So this is a really, you know, a bit of an inside baseball New York. So I, when I post the pictures, people are never responding. And I was like, yeah, probably no one fucking gets it. But look online. Look on Instagram for Chic NYC. Besides this podcast, you're going to find a bunch of, like, big-titted women. And, uh, yeah, just random people wearing shirts. And I thought that would be great advertisement for my podcast. It'll live on forever. As promised, I did appear in Delaware last night. It was fun, you know, it was an older crowd, which is always weird for me, kind of triggering. I never want to like change what I'm talking about. Obviously, you do a little bit for the crowd, but like I just always feel that when older people see me do stand up, like they're kind of worried about me in some sense or worried about their daughter. <laughs> I feel like it's maybe triggering for them like they're they're just scared when like a woman is single, not them or not married, I should say, like you know, talking about drugs a little bit, sex, whatever. It's like, yeah, they're, they're concerned. Not that everyone is not talking about that on the show. All the girls are, but like, you know, Carolina's married is if you talk about slutty stuff that you did in the past, drugs you did in the past, whatever. And then you say I'm married. They're fine. They're not worried about it. Could be projecting. Who knows? Could absolutely be projecting. But I think that, um, the whole, traveling to do stand-up has shown me so much and each place really does have its own vibe and the vibe of Delaware is exactly Joe Biden's vibe aging dementia I don't know I did I love it sure it was gorgeous had a great time but it was giving Joe Biden falling off the bike We also went to an Applebee's to remember where I came from. Don't ever say that I've lost my roots. I fucking love Applebee's and I love the suburbs. Okay, so big news in the Pedro Pascal research front for me. Um, My friend Ian Carlos Crawford wrote an article for Men's Health this week that really... um, really put some pieces together for me. So Ian hosts a podcast with um, actually one of my guests on this episode called My Bloody Judy. It's a horror movie podcast. And the article is called How Pedro Pascal Became a Symbol of Modern Masculinity. And it talks about particularly for Latinx men, Latinx men, as I like to say. And he, he makes the point that, you know, straight or gay, and he does not speculate, he does not accuse, nothing. 
straight or gay, Pedro Pascal's persona and personality and what he puts out there is resistance against machismo culture. That's enough for me. Obviously, this is, a, you know, obvious, but I didn't really put this together. It's fighting sexism, homophobia, and all of these blatantly, toxically masculine cultures, you know, to be seen as, like, a warm, tender, even, you know, the characters he's playing, which, of course, I have not seen. Warm father characters. I get it. I get it, and that is positive, and that is great. Now I did some research with the gays, and... In asking um, quite a few gays, it seems that all gays know someone who's dated him. So am I outing him? No. No, just telling you what I've been hearing on the streets. This is investigative reporting. That's what you come to this podcast for. It's for the real inside scoop. Whatever. That's just what I heard. I'm not confirming it. God, allegedly, leave me alone. Anyway, I'm, I'm warming up. I'm warming up to him. There is a long conversation about him later on this episode, so I don't want to talk too much about him. But I'm warming. I'm getting used to the idea. And I don't know why I've been so against it. I think it's because of the... I don't know. I think it's because of me being like, he's a man and he's getting treated so well, so easily. <laughs> and there's been no fallout. Speaking of which... I'm not going to talk a ton about this because I don't have really that many hot takes about it. But I'm kind of enjoying the Kardashian fallout. I think that we're in a weird place with reality TV and that the Vanderpump scandal has taken over so much of it. And honestly, Bravo had really good seasons of shows air in the past few months. So much so that I'm like, wow, reality TV as of late, for me at least, and I think for most people, has been more of a focus than actual scripted television. And it's kind of funny with like how podcasts are going video, maybe foreshadowing, with live streaming, like all of this stuff. It's kind of a subversive fuck you to an industry that makes it so incredibly hard to make television even now like with more and more streaming services and like more places for television to go the amount of people that have to say yes and the amount of funding that it takes and the amount of like everything the time frustration whatever the how far you can get in the process and then a tv show still doesn't get made it's like insane bullshit and really you know difficult to do. So I feel like people are almost like taking things into their own hands, obviously in an unscripted sense, but you know, it's bizarre to me that people will watch like a live stream of whatever, but you know, I've watched live stream too. I don't know. I think there's like kind of a shift that's going like in a way towards reality, which is scary for people who want to make television. One show that I'm really, really excited about is, um, God, am I going to fuck up the name? It's called Slip, and it's by Zoe Lister-Jones. She just premiered it at South by Southwest. Essentially, you got to watch the trailer, but every time she comes, she kind of, like, changes timelines and winds up married to different people and, you know, all of these different scenarios. It looks so amazing. It is premiering, I believe, on Roku TV. And I just worry that some of these shows that are actually really high quality are going to places like Roku TV and they're not going to be seen. You know, Roku TV is giving quibby to me. Maybe not. Maybe not. I've just never been a Roku girl. And I mean, even Apple TV, which is arguably like the biggest one, like people don't really I don't know. I'm speaking for my opinion. I don't watch the morning show. Everyone has told me to watch it. I'm just simply probably not going to turn it on. Why? Because I'm a Google Chromecast bitch. And they don't let you play Apple TV, at least for my phone. Maybe on this new remote one that I just got. I did watch Severance. That was really good. Whatever. If you're not on like a Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Peacock is now blowing up. Peacock is maybe the one that I would shoot for. Just because, and and that is due to Bravo. I just worry about shows that are really, really good and are not being given the opportunity on the main streaming platforms. I don't know how I got there from the Kardashians. Point is, they're probably playing dead. 
like Bad Bunny is probably like their biggest like ploy right now, which it's like, okay, leave him alone. Do not curse him. Whatever. I'm honestly boring myself talking about this. But I think we can't uh, can't count them out. But it's kind of an interesting little break for us. I th- I think just everyone is like, yeah, actually, like maybe it is that like middle America is now getting the trickle down of cool where it's like, yeah, it's going to take a little more than pictures of you in your bathing suit to keep us interested. And also, if we're following like reality TV rules, I don't know if I've already talked about this. But if you, the biggest lesson from Vanderpump, from Potomac this year, is if you were on these shows and you were hiding something, A, it's probably going to come out. B, everyone's going to be pissed because it's your job to tell everyone. And when you withhold information, it not only makes you bad at your job, but it makes for worse television. So when the Kardashians are involved in fucking major news headlines like Astro World, like all the shit with Kanye, and then it's not on their show. Everyone just f- is pissed and is bored. So whatever. It's all obvious. I don't know why. And they know that. They know that too. I don't know what they're doing. Okay, I have to take a moment and say spoiler alert. Because if you have not seen Scream 6... And honestly, I'm going to talk about Scream 3 right now. And you don't want spoilers. This is where I leave you. Um, It's been great. You better go watch these movies. I think it's a favor for yourself and for the world. Um, But I saw (laughs) on Evan Ross Katz's Instagram this tease that I guess has been coming up on Reddit, which is one area where I am not in the mix. Um that Parker Posey's role of Jennifer Jolie is actually mentioned in Scream 6, I guess, on a marquee of the, like, abandoned theater. And everyone's wondering if this is some sort of Easter egg that that character is alive, that she made a talk show, and that she could be back for Scream 7. That would be an absolute dream for me. I didn't realize that Scream 3 is, like, not uh, critically acclaimed within the community. And I'm actually kind of wondering if it actually is. But I was looking at all these articles, and everyone's like, yeah, Scream 3, bad. I think Scream 3 might be my number one. And that is because of Parker Posey. And I don't remember the plot being that bad, from what I recall. That's, yeah, I loved it. And the directors, current directors, said if they could resurrect one character, it would be Jennifer Jolie. So to me, that is really promising and very exciting. I will do, I promise, I didn't get it done this week, but a ranking of all of them. And I don't know. I just thought Scream 3 was the funniest, the most magical. I Gail has microbangs. It's just all really fun and inside baseball and so meta and fun. And I do think that Parker Posey, like there's never been a match so perfect for this universe of cinema than her brand of humor her over the top it's just like to me the most perfect marriage of skills and people and characters I think it it would be the most genius move in the world everyone would lose their goddamn minds as I've talked about before I stay by the phone like a goddamn doctor on Grey's Anatomy just in case no one can do a Sex in the City bus tour when somebody needs one And while I'm not regularly scheduled, I do feel like the universe picks out which tours I'm supposed to do. I I truly feel it is, um, it was fated for me to meet these girls on a private Sex and City tour. We kikied all day, had the time of our lives. You know, sometimes people come on and they'll not know anything and that's fun in its own way. You know, just teaching someone, you know, everything. They come from Australia, they've never been to New York. This is their only idea of New York, you know what I mean? They knew everything. So we were dissertating. It was college level shit. We were getting in the ins and outs of it, you know, all kinds of pop culture. And when you're talking Sex in the City, you can't not talk other pop culture. It's just everything is connected. So it was a really fun day. And I was, you know, just shocked by how, um, how I felt like I'd truly known them forever. Um, they, none of them were living in New York at the time. Now, Troy... Um, who you'll hear is 
living here. I'm thrilled. Um, sure, you'll be seeing him out and about, hopefully with me. He's got an amazing podcast. His name is Troy McKeady, and he had a podcast called Dunzo, which a lot of people know him from. He's now doing a podcast called Beyond the Blinds, which features all these, like, such well-researched blind items. It's so fun. Deep dives. And the amount that he knows about Britney Spears is so impressive. Can't take it. I'm also just obsessed with him as a person. Then Zach Patton Garcia hilarious, so knowledgeable, again, about Britney, about all pop culture, um, has an amazing podcast called My Bloody Judy that I mentioned before with Ian Carlos, and one called Coffee and Tequila, which is super fun. Zach is a genius because he truly got in at the beginnings of YouTube, and I am fascinated beyond belief. It's, he's just an absolute genius and so much fun. I had such a blast with these guys. I'm honored beyond belief that they came on the pod. And we just had so much fun at the fucking movies. We went to Times Square. It was a blast. So without further ado, this is my chat with Troy McKeady and Zach Patton Garcia about Scream Sex, baby. Yeah. You know, the time is now. I'm beyond honored, beyond thrilled to have you both here. First of all, to just be asked to go see Scream with you guys, I was truly... Honored. We couldn't have done it without yeah, you. Which I appreciate so much. I mean, I don't even know if I've fully told you both this, but I'm relatively new to the whole Scream situation. And I think in this episode, I'm going to go through my rankings. But I watched them all in the past year. It was It took over my entire life. I've not been like a horror girl. I'm such a little bitch. I do like I was traumatized by the sixth sense in like fifth grade and just have not done horror and it has been like the most fun, biggest game. So to meet you guys who are into so obsessed, I was just like, this is I'm so happy. We like it we was ju- so fun. It was we a magical you night. To escort us that night. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, was meant a to be. pleasure and an honor. So we went to AMC. 25 is that what it's called can like, i say 25? something Please. none of y'all motherfucking new yorkers told me that that's the bed bug theater and that everybody <laughs> i told everybody i invited they're like but it's not amc 25 is it i'm like why they're like bed bugs i'm like are you fucking kidding me uh, i will say that is possible in any place any time yeah. like it is like yes it does have that reputation, and no, I did not clock it uh, immediately until you said it. I was like, "Oh yeah, I do." Remember Listen, that. it was leather seats. I think I we've, know, I we've updated. <laughs> <laughs> Burn everything you're wearing, and um, it's, yeah, it was regardless a gorgeous uh, theater that I truly could get lost for two years in. It it's was really overwhelming, really confusing, yeah. yeah, really insane. But it was a great, like, you know. Like, I, I just moved here, so it was a, my first, like, movie experience in New mm, York, and it was, like, yes. couldn't, honestly couldn't have been, be- like, more perfect. Our seats were phenomenal, too. Yeah. You perfect. chose center. perfect dead center, where you, front row of the next level we up. You took up the whole row. Naturally, it was, it was such an amazing experience. But you went again last night. Yes. Where, what theater Even did you go last to? Night. I yeah. Think, I think the thing is, the, the, all of the promotion, the trailers, all of that kind of set it up to be a sort of legacy sequel like just the museum mm. full of evidence and artifacts yes mm. it feels very grand like a grand scheme mm. and the killer reveal wasn't as grand and like the entire story wasn't grand and it wasn't it wasn't legacy it was a sequel to five which yeah. is very much how they intended it um and so i think my expectations i got them up and I, they were let down a little bit and when i saw it again last night i already knew what i was getting mm-hmm. and it was totally a 9 out of 10 movie for me. I fucking loved it. Love okay, that. good. Because yes. I do, at the end of the movie, you were like, it's not like a scene. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, T. <laughs> okay. Tori <laughs> and I are like, I this is the time of our life. <laughs> I turned to Zach and he's like, I have notes. And I'm like, okay. Okay. That is so you. I love it. It was so perfect because I'm clutching Troy at all of these moments like, no, And let's no. just remember, I'm a Joe Schmo. I am not a tomato meter critic. I am not anybody. <laughs> I'm not working for bloody disgusting nothing. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about my opinion, but I have notes. But I have notes. Exactly, as you should, yes. So, well, But I'm glad that you got the, the second experience of yeah. 
of that, which is gorgeous. I don't know. My main concern going in, because what I love about the franchise is the humor. Yes. I think they are the funniest, the pristine example of satire. And I just kept hearing, this is the goriest scream. This is the scariest scream. I was mm-hmm. like, please still find room for yes. the humor that makes this series what it is. And they did. I think so. They really yeah. did. And they really like, like the, the meta-ness of it all and the campiness. It really, it could have gone too far. Mm-hmm. Like if they had gone too far with it, it could have really been cheesy and taking out of it. But like, the meta moments in this movie were so brilliant and so like well done like them it on the th- the stage of the theater having Richie's movie yeah. play over them and they know like the beats of the like, red right hand playing makes them <laughs> yes. us, us think that the movie's over and the credits are it was just like so cool so, cool. so smart and they really do a great job like to me i get word that like that meta the way it's executed can only be done during that time period where it was like mm. the original movies, but mm. they do a good job modernizing it mm. while keeping the references fucking tight. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It's like no, we know the franchise. It really pulls you into the Woodsboro world of like we yeah. all experienced these together. And They're really people you could tell like use the internet. They listen to podcasts. Yes. They really use YouTube. Like they're actually like the girls. Right. Whereas like. Sorry, I have to tie it in, but like within just like that, it's like oh, you could have not watched uh, Sex and the City. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> could like uh, maybe these writers actually did, although they were in the writers' rooms for Sex and the City. I don't think they watched the show. You know what I mean? It's like the characters, there's disconnects, there's whatever. But like they this had to Google was, what is a podcast, right? This was and they still did not get it right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, did you have any takeaways? From the second time, yeah. the stuff you didn't what we, remember. What are we saying? Are we giving criticisms? Are you know what? I'm going to say a glowing review or whatever. Uh, pure unbridled <laughs> honesty and spoilers. And if di- you want. What differences did you like? I'm interested. Like, what was different? Um, it felt like the second watch. It felt like a. Um, it felt like the intended sequel to five rather than like a legacy sequel, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was really able to enjoy it, and from from that perspective, and. I have to say, fucking Melissa Barrera rocks this oh my God. shit. She and she's even stronger the second time when you're really focused on her, and it is totally her movie. And so me and Ian, um, I, I host a, a podcast called My Bloody Judy with my buddy Ian, and we were talking about it when we were leaving that screening that Melissa. So everybody has always given their own theories on Sydney, and like Sydney would will come back and be a killer in this one and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it's never rang true, right? Like Sydney is just and Troy coined this America's final girl, mm-hmm. and through and through and it just it would never make sense in her character to ever come back and like have an evil heart or a dark Mm -hmm. heart whereas Sam well I don't think she has a dark heart I think she is the Mm anti-Sydney and she this is kind of her franchise now and she is easily able to take over that mantle but I could also see with the the, this sort of storyline that they're setting up with her I could see the next one Mm -hmm. I could see her as a killer I don't think I could see her as a killer being um cold-hearted killing people but maybe how because in this movie they call the, the survivors from five they keep calling them the core four and their family their family right um, family. so i could see maybe in the next one they they're like you know growing apart right and she feels like she's losing her found family so she creates another ghost face killings to surround mm. them to bring them back mm. together and so Fine. that's where her darkness would like kind of take her over where there's still a good intention but there's still a good right. intention and there's still goodness in her but she is the character that we can just play out our wildest fantasies and darkest mm-hmm. fantasies with a final girl. And that is brilliant to me. I think so too. And I loved that push and pull. I don't know if this bitch started taking Meisner or what, but I was like, <laughs> this acting to me was a mountain higher yes. than, than Scream 5. I was not like, I loved Scream 5, but I was not like, this is the girl after this when I was like, this is a girl. I agree. This is absolutely. an absolute And girl. she was, I mean, she could have, she was make or break for this movie. Like, she could have ruined, if she wasn't so good, she would have ruined this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, she was incredible and she carried the emotional weight of it from the very start all the way through the end. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's really difficult to introduce new characters in a franchise like this that people mm-hmm. care about so much and have us be 
I mean, I was more invested in what was going to happen with them than it was even that, like, Gail was there. Yes. Yeah. And that Which really means a lot. Yeah. That was you one know? of my biggest criticisms was that Gail didn't feel entirely necessary to this movie. Yeah. They could have totally taken her out. I would have even taken out all of the rest of her scenes and only left in the chase. Same. Because the chase was so good. That's yeah. going to be one of, like, the fan favorite moments of the franchise. Yeah. And yeah. I think they could have, like, either opened with that chase or, like, ended the movie with that chase and, like, Gail wasn't really involved in what was going on during the entire Ooh, detective yeah. work um, mm. because she really like you take her out and it really doesn't matter that she's in it I have to agree to disagree okay. I, I need it I need okay. Gail I need Gail need it. I absolutely, I agree but I know there, I yes. think plot wise they could have worked it into a more necessity I will never complain that she is in a screen movie she could be shitting on the street in a wedding dress yeah. and yeah. It made no sense, and I would still be glad that we're getting Courtney Cox in a screen. You gotta hear Gail say motherfucker at least once. You yeah. have to. To put Ghostface on hold uh, was oh my God. truly... <laughs> Can I call you back? back? Come on. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. I can't take it. I mean, I think that they did a good job not making it too about her, which I think to your point, they could have made it a little more, just made her more necessary yeah. in some way. I thought there was going to be a little bit more dewy, um, you know, memorabilia, a yeah. more of a moment, yeah. which I'm the only one who has cared about that. Like, I've talked to several people about this. I'm like, there's going to be something. And they're like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares that Dewey's not in it? And I'm like, okay. I think I'm, I'm like, still holding cares, on to that fantasy of But them. I'm glad that we had the reference that at least we did have, where they used Dewey's sweet. name to it kind was. of like poke at Gail because she this is my question for both of you what do you think about her character regression well that was my mm. least favorite thing about the whole movie and I'll yeah. never get over that yeah it felt like such a deceit to like her growth and it was like completely against type at this point for her to write a book like that when she had just said that she wouldn't and why would she do that after Dewey mm-hmm. was murdered like it was just so against what we know of Gale now. Well, I just needed more of a reason besides money. Like, do I love yeah. seeing her in this fucking apartment? Yes. Yeah. With this hot boyfriend. Like, yes. But it, it does seem like there's... What happened in between right. for there to be this new change? Here we go. Well, yeah. We've gotten a moment with the boyfriend. I mean, if you're going to put yes. Gale in the movie, yeah. yes. can you get like a dinner scene? Just or a thousand percent. Right before that of them entering and deciding what they're going to do for dinner or like having some sort of dialogue because you blink it and you miss that he would even be a love interest and that yeah. he's like well, this random guy in her fucking hell. And like you know? how fun to have her in just this total like dom role of yes. this like hot guy where she's like, no, I don't want fucking Thai food. Or, you know what I mean? Yes. Like what? Ever, but just like yeah, just a tiny bit more. Just a little. Just I wonder something. if there were scenes filmed and they were cut. She's an executive producer on it, so I have okay. to imagine that she had input on what Gail was doing and what she was. I don't know. Like there was just something missing, and it it almost felt like we were watching her from a distance. Whereas like every other screen movie, yeah. we kind of like got inside into her psyche. Yeah. But this one, we really until the chase scene, I felt like I was watching a character that I almost. I had no idea what they were thinking the entire time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think just a couple lines of dialogue that maybe said, like, explained why she decided to go and write the book that she said she wasn't going to write. Yes. Maybe that being some sort of, like, um, a way to keep Dewey around mm. just just out of grief because that's all she has done for the past 27 years. Like, I could see that. But, like, tell us something because her mm-hmm. just saying, well, that's what people do. The books get written, right? And then we sell off the, the TV rights and the series rights. We sell and, out, yeah. It just, that, that, she has evolved past that, and it's yeah. a betrayal of her to, to just make her so cold-hearted that that's all she would do. I do have we, to agree. Do we have to, like, hate Gale at the beginning of every movie, too? Mm, like, can yeah. this just be the movie where Gale comes in and where everybody's just and excited, excited to see her? And excited, yes. And she doesn't have to be punched, and there doesn't have to be, like, a bitchy thing. Like, she, like she's been through this enough that yeah. we can just be excited to see Gail. I actually had to backtrack a little bit in my mind. I'm like, wait, why are they mad at her? Right. Like, like why are we mad at Gail now? I don't remember. It doesn't stand out to me yeah. Yeah. that the, you gotta remind us or yes. something. And like make it a little bit more pointed, right? Because I think the reason she was mad is because she did write the book and right. she and called fair. Sam unstable, but like it's like, again... I've been called worse. You, yeah. what yeah. about? Like, what? you go to the bathroom and you miss it or you blink and you miss it. it like the point wasn't fine enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I do think there was probably to Courtney's uh, credit, you know, she didn't want to make it all about her. This is now Melissa's movie. And I respect that immensely. But yeah, tie it together a little bit. And I do agree with you. I will say it's painful 
as it is to imagine a screen movie without Gail. Like, yeah. I literally can't even... I don't even want to go there. But I do think that they should have just leaned into their new cast. Because the right. new cast is so strong. Like, I mean, how lucky that you have four people that are actually incredible and, like... And have so chemistry deary. together. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. funny. I'm in love with Chad. Yeah. I yes. love Mindy's fucking looks when she gets left at the subway station with Ethan and she's just like looking at him from around. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. really like, funny. She's like, You're the killer. I miss the monologue again. Like she's her timing is great. She's funny. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic yeah. as the Buffy and Dawn of, mm, of yeah. the series. Yeah. And they just like, you know, Jenna Ortega really stole five. And yeah. she wasn't even in it all that mm-hmm. much. But yeah. Melissa took that crown she right back. It. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, if you feel that way about the four and we're satisfied with that, how do you feel about Hayden Penetier then? I want to know everybody else what y'all say first. Okay. Sure. I... What bitches do I have to punch? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen. I wish that Hayden would have been introduced like in a little bit of a different way. Mm. I thought it felt a little like... There's a million things that I could imagine Kirby would have come back... You know, I yes. I can see it in my head a million ways. That's not one of the ways that I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still thought she did incredible. I hated her shake and go wig, and I do not understand. What? Whose choice was that? It's sabotage. People are defending well, it, but that is wig, wig, wig. Well, they it's are bad. wrong. I mean, wig, they are wig wrong. Is ghost face. It is wig. It's bad. Yes, and from the costume department who gave us, we said this in the in the theater, a perfect final girl wardrobe. Yes, the tank tops, like the hair, everything, mm-hmm. like. I think that's what they did so well um, with Sydney was like she was the hot girl of the time. It's perfect mm-hmm. nice fashion. It's all and this is the modern version of that. Did the same person make the wig choice? Fox News wig is that was that from what is that? What is that? Yeah, yeah. Did we just take it? Listen, I've been seeing her, Hayden Panettiere, I think her hair is pretty short right now. Mm-hmm. But I, So if so, I've seen her doing press with, like, long locks, and, like, they look gorgeous. Did you see the pictures when she's wearing that orange, like, dress? Oh, yes. Yeah. Recently? Yeah. Who the fuck paid for that Stunning. wig? Yeah. Get that wig over here, yeah. right? Movie wigs are typically terrible. Like That's true. Movie wigs, it's funny because they cost a lot. They cost, like, 20 times more than a normal wig. But they look... Ten times more fate. It's giving South Williamsburg. Can I show Hasidic. you what her hair should Pretty have been? Essex. Yep. Um, let me. Hold on. I didn't have this already. <laughs> Take your time. Hey, Take your time. Now. Um, I okay. So well, well, well. I kind of try to pull this up. Um, no, there it is. Okay. So this is her in the makeup and hair wardrobe trailer thing or whatever. It's just her normal hair pulled back into that Perfection. thing. And to that me, should have been that's, that's FBI. That's Kirby. Yes, thousand percent. I love Kirby. Yeah. Kirby is one of my favorites of the entire franchise. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not... I, I'm like every other faggot out there. We yeah. love Kirby Reed. Yeah. Um, I was so excited to see her in this. I was disappointed in career choice. I don't feel like FBI fit Kirby. She mm. should have been some sort of horror podcaster. She could have been a film professor. That's exactly, and way to modernize yes. it. She like, would have, what she would have done, though, is she would have taken her love for scary movies that she had in high school, and because she went through the thing that she went through, she would have started tying it into true crime and yeah. different... Duh. Well, yeah. And I feel like who didn't, who created the career for her, right? Because yeah. th- it feels like the most uninspired career choice they could have given her. Well, and what an easy leap to make that, like, if we are teasing with Kirby being evil, that a true crime Hello. Uh, would create their own murder and then podcast yes. about their own. Th- like, how fun. That's a true, a true miss. I wonder if they'll use that in a future. I hope they're movie. listening because do it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had a complaint. And you owe us a royalties. And yes, actors, we talked about this when we okay. were sitting in the theater. I could not believe that they did not get Eric Roberts to play mm, the detective. Yes. Eric Roberts only ever plays cops and doctors. Yeah. He would have been incredible. He's like crazy. And there's the, it would have been so meta. Yeah. yeah. You know, to have yeah. like a Roberts as the killer. It just would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a miss. The whole time I was like, that should be Eric Roberts. <laughs> the whole time I was like, what? This is my best friend's wedding? What is going on? Like, that yeah. is what I see I Dermot Mulroney in. I couldn't in. take myself out of it being him. I know. And, I and love he's hot. Yeah. I love him. I love him He, and like the second watch, the killer reveal, like I was already expecting it, blah, 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 blah. So I could focus on their performances, right? And so Ethan and Quinn, I thought they did fantastic as a, as a brother sister duo. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. how they would stab people together was like really brutal and, and good. Mm-hmm. Um, he, their dad didn't land for me. I, he looked he was lost in the plot. Like, he didn't 
quite understand what he felt like he was in a saw movie Mm -hmm. yeah do you know what i'm saying yes it really was one of those cases a house of gucci situation where he was in his own movie yeah and he had his ideas about what was going on i do yeah did you guys predict on the first watch did you have any idea of who you thought like were you right or wrong i did when they made um the daughter like the slutty one she's whatever i would i was like okay maybe they'll flip that yeah. where it's not gonna change me. That was the only inkling I had. I really didn't see Dermot Mulroney flipping like that. And because I was like, can he do that? Can he right. act? He can he act that? that? <laughs> it was kind of easy, right? Like you kind of already expected. Like it was kind of expected. So like you were thinking, oh well, they're not gonna do the expected thing. They're gonna go mm-hmm. kind of wild with it because this feels like a legacy movie. So it has to be something legacy right. inspired. Right. But it wasn't. Um, Ethan was the only one that I predicted. Yeah. Well, he just has murder face. He He's just so cute, has, though. Like, I love. I so love. Cute, like, but like I love, that is a. Black as black eyes, looking yes. crazy, mm-hmm. and very Evan Peters like. Yeah, totally. I predicted her, but I didn't predict him. Mm-hmm. I I felt like it was her. I pretty much knew it was her when they were in the apartment, and she. It felt like she was trying to strategically control how things were gonna go. Like when she kept busting in the room, and yes, and she cock blocked them, the kiss, yeah. and then she came in to get her phone. It was like she's being really weird right now. And yeah. we didn't see her get attacked. We only heard it. And I was like, she's the fucking... Well, and she got Sam to the party. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I wasn't, like, blinded by that the yeah. whole time. But <laughs> yes. I, I had a, a bit of an inkling. But also, I think I try not to figure it out in a way. Me too. I kind of don't care. I, I really... I was, I was looking for anybody, honestly. Yeah. I, think I was I really enjoying I suspected it. him because he felt a little, like, standout-ish. Mm-hmm. Um... But I like fully knew it wasn't Kirby. With every time she would come on, they did they would do the dun dun dun. Music. Yeah, too. Right. I was right. like, okay, well, yeah. not Kirby. Yeah, yeah. You know? I agree though. I don't really like. I don't really try and figure it out during. I just kind of yeah like to see how it plays out. And all it's always like something that you kind of can't predict anyway. Yeah. So it's like there's no point. Like you would never have known that Mrs. Loomis was yeah. Debbie Salt. So there's yeah. no point. You know, like it's like surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I do really love about the franchise. And this one in particular, I really felt like I was just like, take me on a ride. Like, I am having a great time. It did not feel long. I could have watched 30 more minutes easily. That's a big point that I have is that this was a two-hour movie that felt like an hour and 20 minutes. Totally. It was was quick. It did not waste time. And even though it was giving, um, you know, Toronto, downtown Cleveland, there there was some energy of of city life, you (laughs) know. There was, um, why they couldn't just Mm. make it Columbia, I don't know. I didn't notice that my first watch, but then all of you New Yorkers kept saying it. And so the second watch, I'm like, there are a lot of trees. Maple trees. I don't know. It was so silly. And then, like, I don't know, like the opening scene. Like, I think it was like supposed to be Soho. Maybe they filmed it, and so like it did not look like Soho on Hudson. Like, just like hilarious. And it's like, why on earth would they be downtown? Yeah. Like this professor. Whatever. I'm, you know, being an asshole. But the train scene was really (sighs) fun. Okay. So I just listened to a podcast about this the filming of the movie where they created. An entire soundstage train system. Oh, sure. And they, they and they even built like the train coming through. Like that was all built. Yeah. I thought that was like wow. really incredible. Like they did a really good job. Yes, I actually would not have guessed that. I, I'm sure if I looked back, maybe, but I, it wasn't glaring to me. No. That's really cool. So when I put a plot together in my head, right, I, I, I look for stakes. And I feel like all of the stakes were kind of like we were building them up and then nobody really died. And so the stakes yes. were very high. That was fucked up. However, I will say on the flip side of that, I will I will never be angry that like Mindy didn't die. Or right. Because like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get them in another movie. And so I'm like, perfect. Right. Yeah. Whatever. But it was weird that like, because we had these really long buildups with so tense. Her scene in the subway was so tense. And when she gets stuck, I'm like, no, it's her. But she's fun. Yeah. She didn't die. And so Even though he, like, like, lifted her up with the knife and, like, it was just, like, how are these people alive? Alive. Yes. Chad, I always think that. The, the that same, was Chad, I'm way. like... That was really a deceit. I was like, why is he not dead? And a kind of a good plot line yeah. to have him die, yeah. I think, and, like, build some tension for the next movie of, you know, and, like, for Sam to have that, like, fucked up thing happen on top of all the other things. I think that's a really good, like... 
note to her character yeah. that she finally finds like Could a little. Could you imagine how sad it would romantic. be if the guy who was like championing Core Four this entire movie died? died. That would be ter- I, terrible. I know, it I know, but I kind of love. That. I don't know. I'm fucked up, but I'm. I was kind of like. I like no, this I drama. No, I agree with you. I think that that stuff, like, adds to the weight of the movie. And, yeah. like, yeah. you know, when you think about, like, Randy dying, it's, like, so... It's still so mm. effective. And, like... I never really cared about Randy. Oh, that's... <laughs> I really did. I never... Kirby was my Randy. I never felt connected to Randy. I felt connected to Kirby. Okay. okay. And I feel connected to Mindy. But it's also, like, I... I've always felt more connected to the women anyway. I get that. That's, I totally I, that's I why that. I think I was like, if one of them has to die, I vote Chad. Totally. And but again, I'm very happy we have them all in the next movie. You know? I am yeah. too. I am too. You know what I will also say that I have to like praise this movie for is the fact that like we're so far into these movies now. Mm-hmm. And like by this point in another horror movie, somebody would have magic powers and somebody would be able mm. to fly and there'd be a psychic who knows whatever and... You know, all right of those the things. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's like so many ridiculous tropes that they've been able to avoid by having this like still be grounded in reality. Yeah. And I think that's really hard to do, like six movies in to be so um just like authentic still, you know? Yeah. And I kind of like that they've always tied in like the idea of fame with it, which mm-hmm. is I think mm-hmm. like enough to like power the series because it's honestly only growing stronger and i hope that they like lean into that a little bit more with the next one yes. where yeah. it is like a little bit more like maybe even social media based or like totally. whatever I like love that see so you see th- th- that's where like the killer reveal like didn't quite hit for me right is because we do have the reveal being revenge based mm-hmm. which is very scream too and that's yeah. totally fine it makes sense with sam's character all of that but then why do we have all of the evidence and artifacts that shit would have been collected by not by Richie, that or would have been Richie? collected by a bunch of people who like idolize ghost faces mm-hmm. in this city. A podcast coming together, yes. coming together, it should have been like a cult of ghost faces who just idolized the serial killer. Totally. Yeah. and they all have collected all of these things connected over the years, by the internet, and they bring yeah. it together with the internet and stuff like that. And like they that that is like insanely more scary because it also tied would would have tied into the beginning, right? Is like mm-hmm. they it it. That's what I loved about the beginning. Sorry, we're going everywhere. No, That's what I loved I about love the beginning it. is that the, the beginning really showed us that, like, there's probably a lot of people in this city that all have a similar... They get an, they get they hear that Sam and Terror are in the city and they get a similar idea of, like, I'm going to start plotting my own movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, those guys yeah. did. And then those guys get taken out and, like, you know... Yeah. But, like, to have a network of people working... Like, that's something that's truly uncontrollable. Like, okay, we're using cameras, okay, what if there's people on TikTok or whoever, like, communicating to each other where everyone is or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, that is impossible to take down as, like, mm-hmm. a network of Ghostface, which is only possible in this new series. Like, that's the main difference is yeah. we have the internet now. Yeah. Like, I feel like use that and make that distinction. And so it's wish, truly yeah. Emma Roberts, like, I mean, yes. that's, it's her, it was her prediction. Like, her, mm-hmm. um, That's my motive. favorite part about Scream 4. She's yeah. my favorite Ghostface She's the best Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Without any question. And I only thought, I, I, you know, I wasn't really a big Scream 4 fan for a while. And then I recently just started rewatching it. And I was like, this is amazing. It was it 10 is, years ahead of its time. It yeah. really was. 10 years ahead of its time. It is my most recent Scream. And I'm just like, I want Emma Roberts to be a bitch to me. I want like She's it all. So like she amazing. is so fun in it. It's just... And funny. Yeah, a bit of a mess. Yes. When she lays down next to... Like, yeah. that's what That's what it is. Like that is the... <laughs> to me, yeah. the most real motivation behind any ghost face. I love at the end when she's in the hospital and she goes into Cindy's room and she's like, you just won't die. I guess. <laughs> but when, fucking when she gets a big, like, it's just so sad. Yeah, she's exactly. like, I'm fucking pissed now. <laughs> this is Emma Roberts pissed She's like, now, I just okay. need you to be dead. Yes. <laughs> I don't care what happens to Yes. Oh, it's incredible. Well, this was a true pleasure and joy. Before I let you go, um, I have to ask you, what, where do you stand on Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal. <laughs> this is more for me than anyone else. I'm, I'm going to make this a series in the pod where I, it's, it's from my own confusion mm-hmm. and my own perplex and my own FOMO. It seems like everyone's having a great time with this man, and I'm simply not invited uh, to the party. Where <laughs> not do you stand? Invited to the table. And 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 where and and that's fine. I'll I'll make my I'll I'll pull up if I feel like it. <laughs> but here's the thing: like what I've been thinking of is, can how long is this going to go on? First of all, Pedro Pascal. Pedro's outside. I and I understand. I'm I'm trying to be delicate. I'm trying to be delicate because I know he means so much. They're red to so many people. 
Yeah, I'm going to get taken out, but this is the, the hill I'll die on, which <laughs> yeah. is this can't last forever. He Will he be taken down or is this a privilege reserved for men where he will remain beloved for however long? The biggest long. thing, right, is like the, the question of like, is Pedro Pascal like, because he's the new America's favorite, the new America's sweetheart, right? Yeah. I have to admit, I have to admit, so I'm not a Pedro Pascal fan. Right. Um, I, I have recently jumped, I am a fan now, but I've recently jumped on that Pedro Pascal bandwagon. I fully understand what everybody sees. I, um, I think he's gorgeous. He was on Buffy. We're glaring at you. He's on Buffy, <laughs> like season four. And I remember him on Buffy season four, the very first episode. And he like does this ugly face. And I always hated his face because of that. Do the impression. So every time you did it perfectly. Like, like Buffy says, he turns into a vampire and Buffy says, Buffy says, um, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm not. And just like <laughs> crushes his face up like that, and it's it's fucking it annoyed the shit out of me. But now he's got a little scruff. He's a little daddy yeah, now. That was and, and on the Last of Us, he's really good. He truly is like a really good actor as well. And so I see what everybody is thinking about it. I just don't. I don't know when the train Pedro Pascal train came in. I don't either. Yeah. I don't understand That's when that happened. Yeah. Um, but I think the really good question you brought up is like. It's like the J-Law thing. Everybody was obsessed with Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Um, and then, out of nowhere, it was like, ah, oh, she's, she's so fucking annoying. We mm-hmm. can't fucking stand her. This, that. And Pedro Pascal is America's new sweetheart. So that's, I, I don't know. Yeah. What do we think about the presumed gay scenario? Uh, like, is that what... <laughs> I hate even, like, theorizing about yeah. someone's sexuality. I think it's, like, the rudest thing that we do as a culture. But... I'm like, is th- is it being hidden so that he does not fall from grace? Like, is that yeah. what could take him down? Like, that seems to be the the thing they're trying to avoid. I don't know. I feel like it would be a Which pretty good PR move, honestly, if he were to come out. I, I feel like, so and I too. think if he were gay, I feel like he would have. Unless he's, yeah. like, just insanely That's, private. That could yeah. also be a thing. But I don't think he would intentionally hide his sexuality to further his own career. Because well, he's not, like, an action star, like, a, yeah. anything like that. Totally. And all I've seen is, like, him being real cozy with this, like, teen girl. So I'm like, explain that to me as well. He's like, like what the fuck? One of the biggest shows in America right now. I don't know how it is across, you know, the, the overseas, but, like, in America, this is the yeah. show is huge right Everyone's now. Obsessed. And it is a very queer and gay show. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, and I didn't play the video game, but everybody who loved the video game says it was a very queer and gay video game. And so he's not doing an Expendables movie. He's doing something that's mm-hmm. very queer already. Yeah. I don't think, I, I just, I, I don't give the gay bots from him. I just don't I don't either. It. Yeah. But I, I also don't get it. I'm the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't Thank understand. You. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know when the train <laughs> came in, but I, yeah. missed, I missed it. And you, still, you still missed it. Yeah. Like, like I just. Well, you still, still it's a bit. Easy to miss. A, if you, I don't watch any of those shows, but also because the career is the interviews, the press That's tours. That's what it is. And so, like, if you just are scrolling past those clips, yeah. you do not get it. I will say that I think the rules are a, a, a bit different for men and women. I think that you can be... I think that when you're a woman and you become an it girl, it's, like, only a matter of time yeah. before people get sick of you and 100%. then they want to knock you off, where... With men, that can happen, but it's not as violent. But let's look at George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Any, like, yeah, do we remember any men who that's happened to? Like, I mean, we sexualized George Clooney and Brad Pitt for mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. They're still rather on top, even through like big scandals and all of that. But there's not really anyone else that I've seen us do this to. No. No it's man really... has ever had to be like, I can't leave the house because I'm so overexposed and really sick of me. A right. million women have had to have, like, Anne Hathaway couldn't go outside for a year yeah. because she won an Oscar. Did people get, ever get tired of, like, Tom Holland? Because Tom Holland, I could see mm. being, like, an equivalent to this not sort of like, situation. Not like a girl. Kind of. I mean, he's I been think... popular for a while now, so he should have hit his, like, fall period if he were to have one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't, I can't think of any guy that's had, even Timothy Chalamet, who I would say Blech. is the, the closest. <laughs> well, it's really polarizing. Like a, a female star totally totally um, he's you know but primarily gay fan base right so a little bit different i don't know it's really bizarre also best friends with sarah paulson what is that right. like it's love just it. like I there's little it. pieces of information that i'm receiving that i'm like well that was not expected like it, he does seem like a layered 
human being that I'm mm. like, I understand this like intrigue and maybe it is this like nuance. And like we were talking about with Timothy Chalamet, it's kind of this like straight girl draw to man giving queer, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Even like if I like to not. watch boys kiss kind of thing. Yeah. Or... And like, I'm sure that's maybe part of it. And part of the mystery and alert. Maybe it's Ricky Martin. Maybe it's, uh, yeah. I'm keeping that. What did he say? I'd like to keep that to myself. To myself. I think the access to celebrity is always their downfall. Um, Mm, I think we are... If he keeps himself private enough and away from the public enough, then to keep that air of mystery, then I think, I do think he'll be fine. But like if he's, you know, I don't know if he's on Instagram yet, but if he starts up an Instagram or starts up a TikTok, like they would take him down so easy. Well, he did. He has an Instagram and he posts the the trans flag, like the full flag. and says the answer is blowing in the wind. I guess we need to see. Which let's say first Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, so straight. Oh my goodness! But big and like I, I don't his know. Tra- his sibling is trans, so I think that's where that came from. Oh, okay. But um, I unless we see him singing "Imagine" in black and white for, for the <laughs> yeah. masses, I yeah. don't see him. I see him doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be, he'll be okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not worried about him uh but yeah it's just to me such a bizarre pop culture phenomenon and you know what i guess i am a little bit insulted because i didn't i didn't sanction this i didn't sanction this this obsession i wasn't uh, at the at the board meeting just whispering pedro pascal to yourself literally i'm like why how literally i'm like i didn't sign off on this what the fuck happened yeah it's it's really bizarre really bizarre well thank you guys so much of course i love you oh my god i truly am obsessed with you i'm literally laying the groundwork for you to move here any second i called the mayor Uh, it's all being taken care of you're gonna move in down the street from joy yes oh my god friend's apartment all right i love you guys well i'm about to go get dim sum thank you for listening Thank you for rating and reviewing. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who has reached out at all. I truly need the support. I have no idea what anyone is thinking. It's so insane for a comedian or someone who has immediate instant gratification on most work. Now I'm like writing and doing this and I'm like, who cares? Is anyone caring? Is anyone liking this? I'm yelling into a void. It's insane. So thank you to everyone who has been so sweet and so kind. Love you so much. Um, If you haven't checked out, I have a couple of articles out for Nylon right now. Um, My column, my monthly column, as well as a Madonna article. Um, So you can find those on Nylon.com. As far as stand-up, I do have a show this week Wednesday at Pony Boy in Greenpoint. 9 o'clock on Wednesday. And Hoomst, my nightlife theme show, will be on March 30th at Parkside Lounge at 8.30. All of this information can be found on my Instagram, of course, rich underscore Melissa. Just type in Melissa Rich. It'll come up. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you listening. And I will talk to you soon. Mwah. Shake.